Welcome to the True Face Podcast, where we have conversations about what we can learn from what's going on in our lives. My name's Robbie Engel, and I'll be your guide as we learn how to increase trust and experience grace. A lot of us find ourselves stuck in relationships with God and others, and we end up wondering, is this really all there is to it? That's why we at True Face are, we hope to equip you as individuals, as churches, as organizations, with a catalog of resources to help you experience deeper relationships with God and others. And we do this in one way by learning to trust who God is and who God says we are through experiencing the relationships that Jesus made possible. And today, I am excited to welcome a guest to the podcast. That's a friend of mine. She is the dean over the faculty for our High Trust Leader course, which is a 16-week uh, offering a course at True Face that has a amazing volunteers that walk alongside and journey alongside uh, a cohort, a group over a 16-week period. And Lana coordinates, leads that group. Uh, Lana, for 40 years, has been in leadership roles in camping ministries. And for about 20 of those years, one of her main focuses has been in developing and equipping student and adult leaders for those camps. And she has learned something about how focusing on our view of God and view of ourselves really does affect teams. It affects leader development and team development. And she's seen the impact of how that affects the teams that she's trained on an annual basis over the years and the and the decades. So Lana, as I have learned from you, I'm super excited for the rest of the True Face tribe to be able to do that as well. So Lana, welcome to the True Face podcast. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. It is awesome to have you. I am super excited to jump into this one because I I, I have ideas about how to use, you know, te- these teachings, uh, how our theology and our identity affects teams I've worked with, but I've... I've got limited experience in that. You've you have had a R and D a focus on being able to change your development and training of groups year after year for decades. And I can't wait to hear more about your story and what you've learned as you've led teams because I think all of us listening uh, have different areas of influence, whether it's small groups, teams, work environments, our family. I, I think what God has taught you. Uh, around these principles of grace, understanding grace and identity and how that affects those we impact and lead is relevant for all of us listening. So I can't wait personally to jump into this conversation. And so I'd love for you to jump on in and give us some context, but to share with us what you've learned over the years. Okay. Um, When I look back on my own life, um, I think a piece that was possibly missing in my background, my spiritual background, my discipling model, perhaps, was that I did not understand my identity in Christ. I believed a lot of right things, you know, and and I could articulate those. And I think um, when I began to understand what had actually happened at the point that I came to know Christ, all the things that had changed, that began to really change me. And and I tend to be an auditory processor. So in conversations with college students that were on my summer staff, we would read books together so that we could have conversations. I would visit their college campuses. And we began doing some reading and some of Brennan Manning's work, Ragamuffin Gospel. Uh, I remember Mike Iaconelli wrote a book, Messy Spirituality. And 
those began to just initiate conversations um, that the masks started to come off. Mm. Um, I think I, I'll never forget the day that um, one of my summer interns came back from a seminar that they had attended um, over the weekend. It was a college level course and they brought back the yellow and black, the first true faced book. And I remember reading that and just weeping because it, it then looked at my motivation for trusting God mm. and my mo- motivation for serving God from a place of trust rather than pleasing. And um, that it wasn't a bad thing to want to please God. That was a wonderful motivation. But I realized in reading that, that that really had, had been where my heart had been for many years. And so as we read through that book, then I said, well, I want to continue to talk about this with my, with my college age summer camp counselors. So um, it began to change the paradigm of our staff training week. Hmm. I think it's uh, pretty normal when you gather a group of college students. Not everybody has had a great year at school. At school. And I think in a camp setting, when counselors come in for the week of staff training, they want you to think they have it all together. And I really kind of wanted to believe that. <laughs> and uh, as we began to talk about the fact that we can take our masks off um, and what does that look like, hmm. it began to change the whole atmosphere of staff training. Hmm. Um, it became a place where people could feel the freedom to come to one of us in leadership and say, I've been struggling with this area this year, and I'm going to trust you to tell you what's been going on. And we could offer support to one another. So um, we ha- we eventually made some of these teachings, whether it was from The Cure or whether it was that first True Facebook, at some point during staff training week, that's going to set the tone for the week so that people who continue to come into our setting, understand the atmosphere that they're walking into, that they don't have to have it all together, um, and that we want to trust one another and support one another. Huh. So I think that was the, the it was the change in environment first, as God changed me, as different members of our staff began to wrestle with some of these concepts of what it meant to trust God and trust others with, with ourselves and with who we are that man, it changed the whole environment. I, I want to ask more s- specifics on the differences you saw change from the early years of developing those leaders to the later years. But what you just said there, I, I don't want to go past too quickly that um, you, all of us lead out of a depth of personal experience. Mm-hmm. And you've been a Christian in leadership roles this whole time. And you, you said that you knew the right things, but your belief, the motivation that was driving you behind those things changed. And as that changed, you as a leader, that affected how you led in subtle but significant ways that led to a Mm -hmm. different posture. And there's Mm -hmm. so many of us young leaders that feel the pressure to lead in a theoretical way beyond the caliber of our personal experience because we know a lot more than we've matured into those beliefs, yeah. uh, which is a, which is a dissonance and a tension in leadership, which is an integrity gap. 
of of what we truly believe versus what we know and our belief has showed up in our lives in our hearts versus what we know and and you being able to articulate and put those words around it um is is pretty significant that we can't we can't lead beyond our personal experience and it was when god moved in you to believe these truths and understand mm-hmm. your motivations shifting from pleasing to trusting that your leadership changed because you tried to lead differently based on what you knew before, but none of us are able to do that. Right. Exactly. And and I think it, for me, the process in life has involved, in, uh, has involved also going back and realizing that I can't undo anything and God's grace is big enough to cover the times that I was mm. leading from not a good place mm. um, or when I was leading from a place of sin management. Um, I knew that I needed God's grace for salvation. Yep. I don't think I lived as though I believed that I needed his grace for my sanctification. Mm. I lived as if it was up to me yep. um, to, to get it all right. And then when you're living from that place, then you teach from that place yep. and you make everybody else feel like they better toe the line and they need to be always on, always have it together. And, and I think I did lead from that place for a long time with a lot of, I should, I wish I had all of those kinds of words in my vocabulary. Um, and then I put those on other people. And as I began to trust what God said about me was true, that now that I'm holy, that I'm a saint, uh, that I'm a minister of reconciliation, all of those things that the New Testament tells me about myself because I'm in Christ. If I believe that for me, then I can trust that for you. Hmm. And so that, that trust, the view and what is communicated to those that are, that are serving alongside of me in leadership positions. um, We began to trust the Christ in each other. Hmm. And that really changes. I I no longer have to feel like I have to manage their sin and clean them up before they start the week of training. I was in essence, many times approaching the week, like I've got to whip this crew into shape. And that is, that's not what God has called me to. Yep. And so you had all these college kids coming in and you know, as college kids are not perfect, they had to come into this environment with this, uh, need to appear different than they felt inside than they than yeah. than they were, and you had a couple weeks to with some you should and ought tos in in the culture of that training. You're saying you felt a pressure to clean it up, fix it, realign them so that they can lead to a certain degree of rightness. It, it, was that was that a folk unpack the underlying what is the source of the underlying desire that you have developing somebody before they then go and lead others is it to fix them is it i think it was for a period of time okay because I, 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 I think in ministry in a lot of situations uh ministry to students um the end goal in, in a camp setting it can be how many first-time decisions for Jesus did you have? Yep. How many rededications? I can remember years when we kept those statistics. I mean, yep. like that was kind of the scorecard. And and I think that can very well be the case in a lot of other types of ministries too. Yep. Um, and when we're viewing it that way, then we do push people towards decision-making, 
um, and results. Sometimes in a, in a student ministry in a church, the goal can be, can we get kids graduated from high school and they're not pregnant and they're not on drugs? Then we've done our job as a ministry. Um, and, and we're not teaching them what happened at the point that they came to know Christ, Mm. um, his role in transforming us, his role in growing us. Um, and that my process may look very different. My timeline in Christ may look very different from yours and to be okay with that. Uh, when we try to, to cookie cutter the outcome in every student's life, it's very easy for a ministry to be very manipulative because you learn in certain settings um, when kids are sleep deprived and they're, they're, maybe they're eating more carbs than they're used to and all of those kind of things and they get overtired, it's very easy to manipulate, create a situation or environment where you're manipulating decisions um, so, rather than allowing the Holy Spirit to move and work in their hearts. So what I hear you saying is that in, in your earlier years, subtly, um, you were leading and doing leader development and team development in a way that focused on outcomes. And yes, and that affected your leadership in a way that you tended to focus more on behaviors, behavior management. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that felt sometimes like manipulation. But mm-hmm. I think I mean, for the different hats that we wear, um, I think that's a really interesting handle to think about of are we viewing leader development, our influence in teams and others and our developing of them with a set of outcomes in mind? And what are those outcomes? Because my small group, I've got some outcomes in mind that I'm Mm -hmm. carrying into it. My family, I've got some, some outcomes. And a lot of that has to do with behavior management and my kids not being ridiculous in public, but even my team at work, it's, it's more natural to focus on outcomes. And therefore I lead from a different posture of going, okay, we got to execute on this. This is outcomes based, you know, get this done. And, you know, even with my, um, the people I lead in, in various ministry settings. Yeah. That outcomes lens is not a bad thing, but when that is my driver, um, that would affect things differently than if my driver was um, trusting that who they are is okay where they're at and in that vulnerability, maturing and trusting God together, just as I've given myself permission to do that if I see myself mm-hmm. with the righteousness of Christ compared yes. to a desire that I need to earn it, I'm going to project that onto others, uh, either that earning it need or that living out of who God says they are. So unpack the difference for me. I, I think I have my head around the outcomes-based behavior modify, behavior management thing of if you see them in the lens of outcomes and and that kind of thing. Tell mm-hmm. me the tell me the subtleties of what it looks like more if we are leading differently out of a, a solid foundation in our own identity and how that affects how we lead a group. I think it really shows up when there's a failure, when someone messes up and, mm-hmm. and I have, and I'm sitting across uh, the office from um, a young person who has, you know, maybe, maybe their employment is coming, is being terminated because of something that happened. And there are moments like that in leadership, but to be able to talk with them as a fellow believer in Christ and remind them that that's what they did, but that's not who they are. 
Um, the relationship between us doesn't have to be broken. I want to support you in any way I can moving forward. Um, how can we support you, you know, whether it's to, to get some additional help, to, to have someone who is going to be a mentor in their life. It changes the way failure looks mm. uh, to be able to, um, to recognize that they are in Christ. Um, that, that's a huge thing. That's huge. It, it, as you receive grace personally, you're able to share that. And no matter yes. how much we try to give grace in leadership, if we can't receive that personally, we're, then it's going to be way f- harder for us to give it. That's a good one. What else? Well, for me, one of the one of the exciting things is is the the where it has taken us um, in the developing the way that we share the gospel at camp, in our mm. kids' camps, in our team camp. I wouldn't have expected this outcome. But I think we all became very sensitive to recognizing when someone was perhaps focusing on sin management. I remember we had one year we had a speaker that definitely was coming from that framework. Good guy, loved the Lord, wanted to see kids committed to the Lord. Um, But as I, I was standing in the back of the chapel and as he began speaking, it was almost like if you were looking out across a prairie and you could see gophers po- poking their heads up through the holes. Um, those, that was my staff. They were looking back at me like, do you hear what he's saying? It's like they had this radar that was or this antenna that had gone up and they were very uncomfortable with what they were hearing because they they began to, to recognize that that was inconsistent mm. with what they understood to be true about who they were in Christ. Mm. At the end of that summer, I sat down with my team and I said, okay, I've got this crazy idea. You guys, please talk me out of it because it's going to be a lot of work for all of us. But I expressed my own discomfort. We just talked about it and, and we talked about what we wanted to see happen in the lives of kids and students uh, the next summer. And we recognized that around that table, there were areas of gifting that could be used to present the gospel in a creative way in house. Um, so, so from that, we, we went very much to a team approach to ministry and in developing our own curriculum. Mm. Um, this happens for the kids weeks as well as the, the teen weeks. Um, I began to see them trust one another as those principles were applied in community um, to allow people to try things they'd never tried before and to come up with creative experiences. Another way that it changed our approach to ministry is it moved us from always selecting topics. Like when you're under sin management, then you want to make sure you hit all the big sins and tell them why, according to scripture, they need to stop doing that. (laughs) And for us, it moved us towards, I would say a narrative approach to scripture where we're looking at the stories in scripture. And as we read those stories, we'll see what happens when people are angry when they're bitter, when they're harmful to one another, when they're not living in God's ways. And you discuss those, those issues come up and you talk about those things, but it comes as it flows out of scripture. And I think as we began to trust that God was in the process, he was in charge of the process in our lives. It changed our approach to that. Um, Throughout scripture, you see people who are broken and who are, who struggled and how God used them in the midst of that. And, and I think our eyes were opened to realizing that, that the, the biblical heroes that we have were just like us. They were, 
they were leaning into their faith and and God was transforming them and using them. And so it's been neat to watch the change come about uh, when we're no, we are no longer focused on trying to fix everybody. Um, people began to have freedom in the way that they could, could um, study scripture and apply it to their lives. Uh, this, this topic's fascinating to me because so many of us lead and you have four decades of understanding and applying, really understanding the grace of God and the security in your identity and how that affects the team subtly. Because a lot of times when we talk about grace, it feels so nebulous and it, it it's, it's hard to put tangibles and differences to how this really affects leadership and mm-hmm. influence. But as I'm taking notes as fast as I can, you just casually walk through a few and just reflect back um, that you've, as, as you've learned more deeply these truths, it's affected your leadership in ways that, number one, you've been able to empower people's gifts differently and mm-hmm. uh, divide and conquer and leverage their gifts because as you're less, I'm reading into this part that as your confidence in your identity is greater, you're less insecure and insecurity prevents us from trusting other people's gifts and delegating. Mm -hmm. Uh, The second thing I heard you say is that the team dynamics completely changed as students came in and trusted each other and didn't feel like they had to pose that they had it more together than they were that affected the relationships of the team. And there's enough books out there written that we all know that healthy team dynamic with levels of trust has a direct correlation to effectiveness and productivity. The third thing you said, you shifted how you engaged and taught scripture from a less topical to a more narrative approach and the journey, mm-hmm. the inward journey of people's hearts and how they engaged and looked into scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, and how you mentioned how um, you you have been leading from a, a area that focused more on God's redemption and what he is doing to um, use those of us who are struggling in different areas to redeem those weaknesses or struggles for holy and redemptive purposes, which Mm -hmm. is just a a message of hope uh, that, man, you've got to feel the people working on your team, the students. um, That's a, that's a pretty big one. And that's Mm -hmm. just my notes, Lana, from the (laughs) past couple of minutes. So I got a lot more follow-up questions. Here's one of them. Um, You, you've got four decades of applying grace in leadership for those of us, uh, as all of us have areas of influence or leading others, um, what is your hope for those of us listening that out of the 40 years of, of learning and applying um, this grace message in your leadership, what do you hope for us listening that we mm-hmm. uh, take into our families, into those our coworkers, our teams, our ministry environments? What do you hope we hear? personally. Wow, that's a, a big fu- funnel to, to uh, put it down through. <laughs> um, I would want people to focus. I think the first step is to understand who we are in Christ mm-hmm. and our identity in Christ, um, that that begins to change everything and that it is a process. Um, that it happens over time and it's still happening in me. My default is still so often to go to sin management or to respond um, 
out of trying to please rather than to trust. Hmm. And, and I think that th- there's a lifelong uh, journey of God reprogramming our hearts. I pray that one day that my default will always be trust and trust in my team. I think there's times when we have to go to team members and, and recognize and admit that we responded to them not out of trust. And I had a situation with that recently with, with someone uh, and, and had to go to them and say, I realized that I reacted as if I don't trust you. And I really do trust you. And, and, and I think just being open along the way to, um, I think that's the humility piece, Robbie, Hmm. Um, that begins to change us too. Uh, when we, when we, when we truly understand grace, I don't know how we can help but be humble because it just, it just breaks us when you, when you, I, I, I sang amazing grace for many, many years and I really wasn't amazed by it. Hmm. <laughs> and, and now I can't talk about grace, about the grace God in my own life without realizing how, how desperate I am for his grace every day hmm. and how he is always changing me and um, working in my heart. So I guess my hope would be that others hearing this as they learn to first realize how precious they are in God's sight, um, what he is, what he says is true about them. We begin to understand the heart of God more. Hmm. And I think that changes the way that we respond to one another. So we know answers to that question of identity but mm-hmm. an, off, uh, an honest, introspective evaluation of, do I really believe who God says I am mm-hmm. um, is central and core. And, um, and that wherever I'm at in that, the depth of trusting God with who he says I am in my identity, uh, I get to try again tomorrow and again today. Yes. And yes. that even you are still learning and trusting God daily, which Absolutely. is the hallmark of humility. And um, Lana, I uh, I want to work for you. You are <laughs> awesome. Um, I, uh, I, I know your passion uh, uh, for this message has led you to serve in this high trust leader course role. So uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, the high trust leader course is a 16 week deep dive into understanding the biblical f- principles that we're talking about today. Uh, and if you're interested, if you, if you go to www.trueface.org forward slash H T L C, you can get all the info about it and you can sign up for courses that launch in August. But as you've been a part of that 16 week, uh, course, Lana, as you've seen cohorts from Africa to, Canada to the States and different dynamics, men's group cohorts, women's couples. Um, tell us what you have seen uh, happen as people really venture into the scripture to understand the biblical foundation behind some of the stuff you're talking about with identity. I think that we begin to read scripture with a different lens uh, and it's beautiful to watch that happen. Um, it's almost like as, as people are going through the course and they're processing scripture in a different way for the first time. They're like, how did I not know this? How did I not understand this? How did I, how did I read this with a wrong lens for so many years? Cause I'm still doing that, Robbie. I'm still coming up to scriptures that I pictured Jesus standing and looking at me a certain way when he said this phrase. And I realized that wasn't it at all. Yeah. And I think that that happens in community. And as they wrestle with the scriptural 
uh, background of, of all of these. And, and very often the process also involves them saying, but what about this verse? And what about this verse? And so what is scripture saying about who I am in Christ and about how, how I can trust one another? How can I trust God? I think it gives beautiful application um, in their daily lives. And you see beautiful relationships built um, as they discuss different topics each week. Uh, perhaps they meet on a Zoom call and, and begin for the first time, some of them to admit they don't have it all together or to process a new understanding of scripture. Um, I see a lot of people being led to freedom and, and wanting more of it. I think they become um, people in their own church settings or in the lives of their friends around or in discipling relationships who are able also to dispense grace more liberally than what they ever did before as they begin to apply it in their own life. That's awesome. Lana, this has been such a honor to have you on the podcast. And uh, as you said, hey, I trust God with how I led poorly early days yes. and behavior yes. management and sin management and how mm -hmm. you, it, you know, out of the depth of your understanding of these truths, you led that way. And that mm -hmm. is less than ideal and healthy uh, with hindsight, but that God knew that and his grace he is sufficient. It. And yes. uh, as you as you lead differently now, it, these handles uh, for all of us to process in how we steward our roles and lead differently, uh, this, the subtle but significant ways leadership and influence is directly correlated to our identity and our view of ourselves and understanding Absolutely. of these truths has just been fun to learn from and to hear from. So thank you for sharing. And, and and that's our goal in this podcast, to help you experience and apply grace into your everyday life through stories and through lessons learned, sometimes over 40 years of leadership and transferring these principles as we learn to live beyond the mask and in integrity of who God says we are. So if you've enjoyed it, uh, please share it uh, and, and give us five-star review, post it on your social media. Thank you for being a part of the True Face team. And Lana, you are awesome. To everybody else, we will see you in two weeks.